I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires, land of the 1868 Fort Laramie Treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Today we are bringing you as a special guest Paul LaRush of Brule. Brule is Native American band that has been since 1995. They've award-winning and have sold over a million CDs. They've traveled throughout the world and uh, we're just so happy that he accepted my invitation to visit. I've known Paul for a long time, and I think after this visit, you'll know him a little more, too. He, In this first podcast, he's going to be talking about how Brule themselves are being quarantined just like the rest of us. And then we will have a second session with him that will talk about something that he is exclusive to Lakota Link that I think you'll be happy to hear about. Hi, Paul. You know, it's so good to get back and in touch with you. And I happened to be looking at this cup that I had gotten. And it had, it was from Tatanka, Story of the Bison. And the date on it was June 20th, 2003. And I remember that's the first time I met you. Now, you might not remember me because I was just an artist set up. And, but I think you remember the occasion with Kevin Costner's deal up at Deadwood, and how windy it was. Anyway, and then we also reconnected in Hill City. So I'm wondering how you how you're doing and what all have you been up to? Well, thank you, Sandy, and thanks for thinking about my family and I. I do remember that first time that we met. I've always taken special interest in any of the artists from around the area, especially South Dakota and the Black Hills and the Lakota people that I've met over the years. All of them have made an impression on me, and I've respected all their opinions and ideas, and especially the artists. And uh, so we haven't forgotten anybody. We've been at this, you know, for 25 years now. So I've tried to keep track. Um, sometimes I lose track of names. You know how it can be over a quarter century. Oh, yes, I do. <laughs> you know, but I remember every meeting, every handshake, and every conversation. So, uh, like I say, I thank you for thinking about us and uh, I can't, you know, sometimes when people ask me about what's been going on with this, for, I don't know where to start. <laughs> oh, I know. You know, uh, to those of you out there listening, in case you don't know, Paul, he has a band Brulee, and they have sold over a million CDs, and they are just worldwide known. So for him to take a time to, to visit with me, I'm just truly honored. 
I was kind of wondering one thing is, how are you doing with this quarantine or what's going on with you there? Well, thank you for bringing that up. Uh, I will tell you this, that we're no different than anybody else when it comes to this situation that we're all in the midst of right now. In other words, we've had to take a look at ways to kind of survive that we haven't thought of before. We've had to come up with kind of a new lifestyle, which is a little bit different than normal. And that's the same for all of us. And we've had to kind of rethink how we can move forward in the world of, I use the term entertainment industry because it's a big, that covers a lot of ground, but we are in that. Um, I think you and I are, are, are both in that, that world because we're artists. And that world of, for the artists has changed dramatically. And so we've had to kind of think about how we can move forward because in our case, our tour schedule has changed. I mean, we have relied on live performances most of our career. That's how we've survived by going out into the world, gathering a crowd, getting them to sit down and, and getting their attention and performing our music. And then we handshake and talk to them. And if all goes well, we hope that they'll maybe buy a CD or something or follow us. And of course that gathering place now is a whole new world. So we have to rethink that. So what we've been doing, Sandy, we're like everybody else. We're starting to look at live streaming. We're starting to look at what can we do on the internet? We've taken more time on our website and we're just rethinking the whole thing. We don't have it all figured out, <laughs> so, but we're trying to learn. <laughs> oh, I know. And, you know, this is why I created Lakota Link. And actually, yeah. I had been thinking about this before all this developed, just simply because I know a lot of people are very interested in listening to others. And, to, and I think it's such a great way to connect with them. A lot of people are just kind of lonesome and they're at home or uh, quarantined. Uh, I know my husband and I, you know, we're older and, and we decided, well, our daughter's a nurse and she told us, you know, you need to mm-hmm. stay home. And yeah. so um, we have been doing that, but it's it's just great fun to, to reconnect with some old friends. And I, I think about when you was in Hill City and how you used to come to the gallery and and that that was fun. It was fun. Well, you and Wayne are kind of like Cassie and I. You know, we're we're older too. I mean, and we've tried to hunker down as much as we can. But you know, I, I something you just said there, Sandy, is pretty important. You know, I think that when it comes to our culture, when it comes to the Native American culture, we've always been storytellers. We've always passed our history and our traditions along through the oral you know, through oral history and, and through and through um, storytelling. And I think maybe maybe that's we're in a time now when that medium, that medium of talking to people and telling stories is going to become very important. And, and luckily, there's mediums that still work like the Internet and radio and television. Those are still things that we can access where you don't have to gather into, a, you know, a crowd of people, but you can still get your message out. So. We'll see how we'll see where that takes us into the future. Yes, I I interviewed a young lady in New York City and kind of wanted 
the difference between South Dakota versus New York. And one one thing she really wanted to talk about was music and how it helped her get through this quarantine. You know, that is such an important part. And and with your music, I, I understand that you're going to have an anthem. Anthology. Yeah, see, I have <laughs> a hard, I have a heart. <laughs> Let me don't feel don't, don't feel bad. I've had a few people say, "What is that?" You know, and it took me a while to to actually decide I was going to use that for the title of our of our latest release, Sandy. But oh, okay, that's what it is. You know, is. I got. I'm gonna tell everybody right out there and be honest. I have a hard time with pronunciation. Well, and so I get, <laughs> thank you so much for that. So tell me a little bit about this project. I will. I um, Well, first of all, we're all very proud of it, all of us in, in the Brule family, and Nicole and Shane and Kathy and I and Chris and Velasquez. Because what the anthology is, Sandy, it's, it's a collection of all of our, it's the collection of all that we've done up to this point. Oh, it's wow. All, it's all the music that we've recorded over 25 years, and it's been exactly 25 years, Sandy. We started really, the actual date varies a little bit, and we can talk about that later, but I always use the year um, 1995 as the starting point for the Brulee journey. And so from 95 until 2020 is a 25-year journey, and so so much has happened. I mean, there's... <laughs> I, you know, um, there's been 20, 20 CDs and 238 songs on those 20, on those 20 CDs. And so we just decided here that because we meet people now, there's a whole, there's, there's a whole new generation that's grown up during that time. And there's people that young, younger people that never even heard of us. So what happens is that your early, your early stuff you know, the stuff you did early in your career, in our case, the early CDs, nobody's even heard of that stuff. And so it's a whole new thing. And and even with our older generation, there's there's followers and friends and supporters of Brule that have followed us all these years that kind of miss the early stuff. And they still enjoy the older part, but so much time passes that you almost have to go back at some point and put the whole thing together to really encapsulate the whole story. And so we did that musically. And that's what anthology is. It's we just packaged up everything that we've done from you know, our first CD that came out was called We the People, still one of our most popular CDs and people still request it. It's not even it's not even in circulation anymore, Sandy. And so we wanted to get it back into some sort of a package where people could listen to the stuff from the beginning to the end. And so that's what anthology is. Okay. Yes, I know in the gallery, I would always play your music and people would come in and... and you have. <laughs> You've always done that, Sandy. And you know what? I, I should thank you here. I'm not trying to butter you up, but but in all honesty, I've heard from people all over the country and actually around the world that tell us that they, hey, we just happened to hear one of your songs or we picked up one of your CDs and it looked interesting, or we heard it playing in this little shop and, and somebody recommended it. And, they, and I go, well, and every once in a while, I get a chance to say, well, where did that, where did that come from? And so your store and your name has come up many times over the years. And so I know you've been an advocate and a supporter of Brulee and our music. And I really, really thank you for that. It means a lot to us all. 
Oh, well, yes, it was fun. You know, we had the gallery for 12 years, and uh, we really enjoyed it, but it just became too much work, and I'm kind of in into having fun now and do, and doing things that I think are really important. And this this podcast I decided to do because I wanted to these some of these stories out there. I I didn't want them to be lost, you know, especially with a lot of the elders and stuff. But yeah. then it it has evolved. It has evolved into, you know, simple quarantine questions and stuff. But for those of you out there, would Paul, would you mind sharing just a little bit about how your birth, you know, you how that came about that you found out things? Sure. I'll, I'll give you the kind of condensed version, Sandy. I've told this story many times, of course, over the years, as you can imagine. But it's, it is important because it's why we're here. And it's why Brule has had 25 years to, to do what we've been doing. So I'll give you the short version, and then we can expand on that somewhere down down in the conversation if you want to. But, sure. But So my story goes like this. I was one of the Native American children who was adopted at birth. I was removed from the America's Indian reservation system, and I was adopted by two wonderful parents, and I grew up in a small white middle-class farming community in southwest Minnesota. And here's the little twist in our story, Sandy. I was never told I was Native American because it was taboo back in earlier times to share that information publicly. That's all changed these days. But back in those times, it it wasn't information that families wanted to share. So I had the best of times was as a young kid. My parents were very wonderful parents, and uh, nobody ever raised a question. It never came up, and the years passed. I lost both of my parents um, when I was 38 years old. And at that time, my wife was going through their personal belongings, and she discovered some adoption papers that had been hidden for years. That discovery led Kathy, my wife, on an on a investigation search that she never told me about it. And she went on it for five years. And she found my biological family living back in the lower Brule Sioux Indian Reservation. And that set into motion some uh, some conversations, which eventually brought us together. And I was reunited with my biological family in 1993. And after our homecoming and our reunion, which was on Thanksgiving day of 1993, Everything changed. Our whole life changed. And we were invited to come back home. And uh, we spent seven years on the reservation. And so began our journey into Native America. And so began the, the, the Brule journey. Wow, that's that's quite a story. I personally, my folks moved off the reservation when I was about three. And then I came back when I was about 15. It was back and forth some and stuff but yes the reservation system is a whole different life so to speak and i i like to um let people know that there's a many many good hard working people there and and those reservations can just be beautiful i know lower brule is beautiful place <laughs> there by yeah. the river and i'm sure that inspired you a lot I was also kind of wondering about your your TV new season. 
Uh, Tell me how many seasons have you been on that? Well, well, thank you, Sam. I'm going to back up just a little bit. So, so about 10 years ago, we were approached by a gentleman who, who said he, you know, out of the blue, he showed up at one of our concerts and said, I have a television network called RFD, RFD TV. I'd never heard of it. And, and I go, okay. He goes, well, I, he says, I'd like to see if you want to do a TV show on our network. And I go, and Kathy and I looked at each other <laughs> and we said, well, how do, and so he went on to explain it. And at the end of the conversation, we, we, we thought about it and we said, well, we can hardly turn it down because it's kind of like you kind of like your podcast right now. At the time when he presented that to us, we said, well, nobody's really doing that. There's very few people doing it. There's not, there's not much Native American content out there on cable TV. Public television was doing a lot of Native American stories. But you didn't see it much on national or cable TV. And so just out of the challenge, I said, I'll do it. And it, it, it didn't involve, you know, monetarily, it wasn't, it wasn't really a good, a good idea. But, <laughs> you know, but we said, you know, the story should get out there. We need, I think it's, a, I think it's important because we'd been traveling by that time for, for almost, well, over 15 years we figured well over 10 years we figured with the just the stories that we'd come across and the elders and the things that we've been to somebody should be documenting this stuff so we just said yes we'll give it a shot we want to try it and so we went through this huge learning curve i mean we had to we're still going i'm still going through it sandy sure so i'm still going through this learning curve and you i don't know if you ever perfect it but you keep trying and trying to make it better and better but um so our our concept was was this. Here was our premise. The program is called Hidden Heritage. And the premise is the group Brule travels across the country every year on its annual tour. And when it and during that tour, it brings the cameras along with it and captures the story behind the scenes of the people they meet and the stories that they hear from within Native America. And we always try to we always strive to present uh, more of a positive side of the story than, 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 than the negative, because the negative a lot of times is covered by public television. They seem to want to dwell more on the past and the broken treaties and all that. But we knew that there were stories out there that had been untold that had a positive outcome, and we wanted to capture those. And you're one of them, by the way. Oh, well, thank you. <laughs> you know, so we brought the cameras along and we started filming. And and uh, we've done over 100 episodes to this day. And we're about to launch our what, what I call season number eight, which is 13 new stories, new episodes. They're half hour long. And, and so we're very proud of that. And, and I hope someday my... My my hope, Sandy, is that I think these stories are valuable to, to mainstream America, and I think they have a place on cable television, but where they're really, really needed is on the reservations. These kids need to see these stories so that they can see what's going on on the outside world from a positive standpoint, because a lot of times they're bombarded by negative information. and. You're right. You're right. And and I would say that that would to me that would tie in with your nonprofit organization, 
following seven the seven directions in the fact I remember you kind of launching that over by Hill City or talking about it. Can you tell us yeah. a little bit about that? I can, Sandy, and, 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 and thanks for bringing it up. You know, you and I had several conversations with your store, uh, with your shop up in Hill City, and it's kind of, it's kind of uh, interesting that we both picked Hill City because when, when we started this idea, we, um, we, we were part of a project or a, or, a, or a venture, a business venture, I guess I, you might call it, that was kind of centered around Hill City in the Black Hills of South Dakota. And what we were doing is we came into Hill City with a group of other uh, business people, and we set up a, a, a kind of a remote entertainment venue, kind of out in the boonies, um, where we could put on Native American music and dance performances and we wanted to do this because we knew there was tourists coming through the black hills many of them were national but a lot of them were were foreign visitors and they were interested in native america so we wanted to give them a native american experience that they wouldn't see somewhere else and and there's not a lot of spots in this in in the hills sandy we'll come back to this i want to come back to this but you know, there's a couple of spots in, in Rapid City where you can go to get a little feel of Native America. And when you go throughout the Black Hills, there's you, you have Crazy Horse Memorial, which is a which is a huge tourist attraction. And, they, and, and they're doing the wonderful things there. But but once you go past that, there's just a few little small spots. Your store was one of them. And we wanted to be part of that. And so we we jumped into it, trying to make that happen. We wanted it to be a, a place where visitors could 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 experience Native America in a, in a different way, and maybe perhaps experience the old and and the new. But as the years went by, it was it really wasn't meant to be, and so we we moved on past that. But out of it came something wonderful. This our nonprofit foundation was was born out of that that idea. Because when we were putting that idea together uh, up up in the up in the hills there, and especially Hill City, it finally came to us that you know these tourists that were coming up there, you know, Sandy, they one of the things that was the most distant in their Native American experience was getting to the reservations. Yes, they got to the Black Hills. Yes, they got to South Dakota which is a big deal because it's like the last of the old West and they got to the black Hills, which was kind of the last of the frontier, you know, for native America uh, in its closing of the, of the old ways, but they still weren't getting to the reservations. They didn't have time. Didn't there was no infrastructure for that. And we finally realized that even on our group brulee, we, we had a hard time getting to the reservation, Sandy. I mean, there was no support group, no funding, nothing. We could get, you know, we could find um, entertainment groups that could get us to New York City, they could get us to LA, they could get us to foreign foreign countries were off the chart. They could get us to schools and colleges on big in big cities, but they nobody was willing to take a group like Brule out to the reservations. 
not one and not to this day. Hmm. There is no program, no funding source, no grants really that would allow that to happen. And so we decided that we have to set something up here so that we can get out to those reservations. And I just didn't want to get out there to just perform Sandy. That wasn't my motive to just go out there and put a brulee show on where we could show them contemporary, a contemporary music and dance performance from a native American group. But we wanted to give them our message, the message that we'd heard from the elders as we traveled around for 20 years, because the kids could benefit from that. So we had to set up our own, our own foundation, our own nonprofit foundation that could be that could allow that to happen and it, and, it, and my hope was that it wouldn't just help Brule, but it would help future groups that were in that same process to get them out there and so that's why we started this nonprofit foundation called following the seventh direction and we're still working hard we're working every day sandy i mean every day we work hour by hour to try to build this so that we can set this up so that there's some sort of uh, a pathway between the mainstream America and Native America to get back out to the reservations for the artists, because, you know, it, it works on a smaller scale. Um, it works on a small scale where they'll bring, you know, the reservations seem to be functioning where in, in the world of the arts, where they can bring out a, uh, an artist and in, an individual, or they can bring out maybe a flute player or a dancer for a workshop. But, they can't bring up something like, like Brulee, which is a 20-member cast, you know, which has really been built over 25 years to fit into what's going on to this day in, in, in entertainment. They can't get us out there. They don't, I, I'm not saying they can't get us out there or they don't want to, but it just doesn't fit into their package. And so in many ways, following the seven direction, it's kind of like the USO tour of the Indian reservations where we could set it up to where big artists, big acts could come out to the reservations from within, from with, from within our, uh, our culture, you know, and make an impression on these kids and capture their attention and to capture their imagination and to give them inspiration and hope of what can be done from within their own culture. Um, I really like that you saying it's kind of like the USO. Of course, a lot of y young people might not understand that, but right. you know that was a great thing. I they entertained the troops and they uplifted their morale, and you know the young people there on the reservations need that. They they need to see some people that have been able to achieve through hard work, uh, something, and be proud to say, you know, I'm Native American, which, by the way, you know, Paul is enrolled Brule, uh Lakota, right? Yes. Yeah, I'm an, I'm an enrolled member yeah. of the Lower Brule Sioux Tribe of South Dakota. Yeah. And Proudly. Yes, yes. Well, I'm an Okalala. <laughs> and, and uh, well, you know, they've got a reputation and it's all good. <laughs> it is all good. You know, Sandy, you guys are the, you know, if, for people that don't know, the Oglalas are the um, second largest enrolled tribe and reservation in, in America. 
And I always tell people that's that's they don't realize that you know, we we're, we 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 both sit here in the state of South Dakota. We got the one of the largest per capita Native American enrollment tribal communities in the country, the second largest Indian reservation, which is you guys mm-hmm. in the country, and some of the richest Native American history and culture in in the country. To continue on with the theme of our Native American culture, we will be bringing Paul back to share an exclusive story with you. And I think you're going to really be interested in what he has to say. Thank you, Paul. It's been an honor to visit with you and and fun, a few laughs, and, and we're looking forward to our next visit. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I I enjoy visiting with the people. And if you did, go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it. Or if you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us, and I value your opinion. This song is written and sung by my good friend, Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us.